Hello, and welcome to Books, the podcast, the only podcast about books. I'm Tim. I'm Tom. And we're booksmen. Weird booksmen. We are weird booksmen embarking on a new book and a new chapter in our lives, Tom. Hey, sorry if that makes us weird. All right? Sorry if we're not like the other boys. If that's weird, then I don't want to be normal. Yeah. We just want to read books. Yeah. Tom? Tom? Mm-hmm. I've been reading a lot of books in uh, 2023. Yeah, I, well, in between uh, the last book and this book, I tried to read like three books at the same time. Uh, and I, I I read uh, like a good chunk of three different books when I should have just like finished one. Yeah, that, that was a common mistake um, a while ago that I had, which mm-hmm. is why this show throws a real freaking monkey wrench because like... <laughs> I started reading more books when I realized, like, hey, Tim, mm-hmm. just read a book until you finish it. Don't start another book yeah, when yeah. you're in the middle of another book. And, and don't, I don't, and even don't care. go out and buy other books or oh, take them God, out from the library yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, you're a one-book man. Yeah. And also, I used to play this, like, well, read one novel and one nonfiction. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, there's still only- I'm So still, many time, yeah, so much time, so much time in the day. Yeah. But now this show, mm-hmm. I'm reading a book for pleasure. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, time to read a book for pain. Pain. That's what that's what this show is. <laughs> but you know, it's it's something that, uh, and uh, I often have to put some books on hold. But look, yeah. I'm happy to do it, Tom, because mm-hmm. our uh, my uh, the, my patrons are very important <laughs> to me. <laughs> um, yeah, I was gonna say, I always feel bad so like uh a lot of times you know i I love to browse in the bookstore um i love to carouse in the book (laughs) well they they usually uh they don't like it but i down their nose at that but uh a lot of times i'll take pictures of books and like i always feel like i want to tell them like i'm not taking a picture of this to buy it on amazon i'm taking a picture because weird pulling out my phone in a bookstore yeah but for anything to like see a text message or something. Oh well, that's insane. No, I'm just afraid <laughs> they're gonna be like, "Is he pulling up Amazon?" Shh. <laughs> Quiet. <laughs> it's a bookstore. Yeah, and like, so that's why I like try and I don't know. I try and do it when I guess nobody's looking. But it's like I'm taking a picture, not because I'm gonna go home and buy it on Amazon. I'm taking a picture because I am stopping myself from buying this because I know I've got you know, multiple other books yeah. I want to read first, but I want to take a picture of this so I can remember, Hey, this book. Cause you know, when I come back here six months from now, it's going to it's maybe not going to be on a table in the front or whatever. Right. I'm going to forget about it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I've been reading more because, and this is not a new year's resolution. I just got, um, fed up with my, uh, daily ritual mm-hmm. of, you know, after dinner and after putting uh, the baby to bed and mm-hmm. like, I've just like beaten off. <laughs> exactly. No, I never get told. Um, uh, sitting on the couch, watching a couple episodes of Frasier and falling asleep <laughs> on the couch. I was just like, there, I can fall asleep on the couch reading a book instead right. of watching Frasier. Same thing. I or could watching, fall asleep. Half watching, a quarter watching Frasier and yeah. scrolling through Twitter mindlessly on my phone. <laughs> right. I can fall asleep like Frasier would, reading a book <laughs> exactly. on my couch. Yeah. I mean, he has a, he, or no, he had a nice library slash study, mm-hmm. but he had to clean it out so Daphne could move in and the pilot. Oh right, I forget. I forgot that Daphne lived with him. Tom, that's integral to the whole thing. What, Tom, you should do a Frasier, and I'm going to say rewatch, <laughs> but I know that's not going to be accurate because I don't think you've watched um, the full series of Frasier. Oh, I, I definitely haven't watched the full series, but like my parents watch it. I watch it with them when I was younger. Yeah, but you know, why did Daphne live with him? She oh, was to take a, care of the dad. Yeah, I'm thinking his son, and I'm like, the son didn't live with him. Most no, of the Frederick time. came once a year, usually around uh, Christmas. Yeah, um, and that's Fraser, ladies and gentlemen. Did did any like? Uh, is there any stuff now looking back where you're like, uh, like uh, Niles is making some real uncomfortable situations? This is his, you know, brother's employee. 
It's not that he's in love with. It's not really that it's his brother's, or that it's just kind of like, uh, uh, in terms of uh, power dynamic. Maybe, but you know, especially Frazier. If it was Frazier living there, if it was Frazier doing that, I could see that. But there was a creepiness factor to his. not even relentlessness, because she didn't mm. even. She was oblivious to it for right, most of it. Yeah, yeah. I guess but that's just, how it worked. Yeah, because she also, was oblivious, and it was like you were laughing at how creepy he was. And, yeah, and, and pathetic. Yeah, um, but Tom David Hyde Pierce mm. as now screen probably. Top five funniest performances in anything. Yeah, he's a very, yeah. uh, he has very good timing. Yeah, he's he's fantastic. He's a great physical comedian. Mm-hmm. Uh, he really just embodies that guy. Hey, Tom, mm-hmm. let's hear it for David Hyde Pierce. David Hyde Pierce hasn't been in anything in a in a minute. I feel like is um, he like semi retired or like I a Broadway guy? I think, he's, guy I think or he's a big theater guy. I yeah. think he always was a big theater guy. Yeah. Um, and then I'm sure he, you know. Set for I'm sure he yeah, doesn't the need to. He's yeah, he's fine. He can just work, um, do theater yeah. stuff. And I'm sure he's very happy. And yeah. he pops up in those uh, wet hot American <laughs> summer things they do every yeah. once in a while in Netflix. Well, I just hope one day uh, the residuals for this show set us up for life, and uh, I can go back to my true passion, which is, of course, the theater. Do you think he'd be a good actor? In in the theater or uh, in front of the camera? Uh, what do you think would be easier uh, for you? Where do you think you would thrive? I think I'd... Pr- eh, I mean, it depends on the role, of course. But I think I'd do better in the theater than in front of a camera. I feel like... That might be okay, but split the difference, right? That's what that's what uh, David Hyde Pierce did. Like he was mm-hmm. in front of the camera, but they were playing to the audience a lot. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's that's the beauty of a uh, live studio audience of a live studio audience. Tom, I recommend James Burroughs' book. Mm-hmm. Um, he directed, I think, every episode of Frasier. Uh, wow, every um, episode. Or most episodes. Okay. I think he directed all but a few episodes of Cheers as well. Mm-hmm. Um. Just uh, in a lot of episodes of Taxi, all my depressing faves, all my beige faves from uh, yeah, from all eras. That has to be. Uh, I I think I would be interested in that because like that has to be interesting to direct something where like the style is set. You know, mm-hmm. you're not making stylistic choices as a director very much. Um, the characters are, you know, of course there are going to be guest stars coming in, but for the most part, the main players are staying the same. Like, uh, that is like a very interesting job as a director. It's a very, uh, it's a very good book, Tom. Mm -hmm. Um, and I will say he's one of these, he's old now, right? Yeah. Well, of course. Um, and there's, uh, sorry, I'm just looking up the title directed by James Burroughs. It's called. (laughs) Okay. Um, it's one of these like backslap. Like he only has nice things to say about right, everybody, yeah. and like oh, uh, Teddy, Ted Danson, <laughs> you know, uh, consummate professional, the best comedic yeah. timing, blah blah. Uh, not but only handsome. I feel handsome, like that. That's how you know you do a job like that. Like he's probably a very drama free. Probably like probably very good at like quelling drama. Oh yeah, he mentions a lot of that, and. uh Especially with the Shelley Long stuff on of Cheers, course. where like they she was all, difficult, but it's like goodness. she wasn't difficult. She just freaking cared a lot, and she had a process. And actually, mm-hmm. everybody understood the process in the cast. Was it frustrating sometimes? Yeah, it what, was. What was her pro? I I didn't hear this part. I just didn't know between about this. scenes, she would like um, disappear from set. Oh, okay. Often for uh, like keep the audience waiting and stuff, and keep oh, everybody waiting. Yeah, that does sound but, like annoying. <laughs> yeah, and he was just like, um, she. It, a lot of that was like her like talking to me or the writers about understanding mm-hmm. exactly. It's like it's a at the end of the day, it's a fucking sitcom, like, right? You, yeah, the, it's the fine. idea is like you just gotta you know deliver the jokes with the right timing. <laughs> yeah. But like, hey, who am I to contradict James Burroughs? Talk shit about one person. Who? Alf. I wish not too like 
a person who's kind of alpha-esque. <laughs> I don't know who that would be. Uh, okay. Uh, I'll give you a few hints. See <laughs> okay. if we can triangulate. Uh-huh. Uh, from an NBC sitcom in the 90s that was short-lived and James yeah. Burroughs directed. Oh, okay. He was a SNL alum. Was it Rob Schneider? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. He talks shit about Rob Schneider on Men Behaving Badly. Oh, yeah. I forgot that they made that. And basically says, like, um, like they retooled the show. I think mm-hmm. it was on two seasons. Remember, like, the first season was Rob Schneider and some guy, mm-hmm. somebody. I think it was somebody. that. Uh, and the second season, suddenly Ken Marino was the other guy. Yeah. Um, but you uh, had... <laughs> unkind thing not, not like ridiculously unkind but it's just like everybody else in this book mm-hmm. he devotes a page to praising like, yeah. like literally everybody you are and then just a couple sentences cutting down rob schneider it's like why does james burroughs have to come after rob schneider <laughs> like he didn't have to mention men yeah. behaving badly at all nobody remembers that show yeah um and like it'd be it'd behoove james burroughs mm-hmm. to not remind people of that show if he was associated with it. Yeah. We just wanted to get those Schneider jabs in. I be- And I believe that was like a an adaptation of a UK sitcom, yeah, right? Yeah, it was. Just so people don't... Blokes gl- behaving badly. <laughs> no, that would be Australian. <laughs> uh, this would be chaps, chaps behaving, behaving uh, inappropriately. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, chaps behaving uncouth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, just so we don't get a ton of what Rob Schneider and Ken Marino uh, were in that show. Yeah. Um, but I could see that because I could see him being like, look, people went after Shelley Long. Yeah. Her process might not have been for everybody, but she was a professional. At least she wasn't an asshole. Yeah. At, at least she like gave a shit, which I yeah. could see Rob Schneider just not giving a shit. Yeah. And that, and that turning into a problem. Well, Tom... We give a shit. Yeah. Well, hey, let's learn some habits so we don't turn into Rob Schneider. <laughs> Tom, we didn't do a poll like we said we would. Let's no. let's uh, address the elephant in the room. Yeah. We're benevolent dictators. Yeah. And we decided new year, mm-hmm. new Tim and Tom. Yeah. Uh, there will be polls in the future, yeah. but we wanted to do a book, a self-development, self-help book. I mean, honestly, whenever we do polls, like 75 of the percent of the people are mad anyway because their thing didn't get picked so look you want us to be in charge is is what i'm getting at yeah and also tom why did you suggest this book uh i had it first thing yeah and i uh because it's a new year i thought it'd be good yeah it was the number one self-help book on amazon yeah oh Um, somebody you have patreon open over there yeah Somebody left us because you. Somebody stop me. Or do you have uh, our Slack open? Because you copy and pasted a good comment from somebody who had a very uh, astute observation about the books we read. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, what makes for. It was a... Scott N. Okay. Um, uh, with what to read, I think the things that work best are the things that could stand on their own feet as normal topic ep- as a normal topic episode. Mm-hmm. Books where there's really something to discuss or talk about beyond the plot. I think this is why, to me, the episodes that have been that have worked best are the classics: Lord of the Flies, The Great Gatsby, etc., uh, the Papa John biography, and the self help books, even The Secret. Yeah. Um, when I think back on my least favorite episodes, what comes to mind is Devil in a Blue Dress, My Sister the Serial Killer, and Heat 2, mm-hmm. which... Were um, like some of our favorite books to read. Exactly. But yeah. Like, uh, My Sister the Serial Killer was one of my favorites to read. I'm sure Devil in a Blue Dress was one yeah. of them. And we both just fucking <laughs> blazed through Heat 2. We just like... I didn't hate these episodes, but I remember them as heavily focused on describing the plot, almost like audiobooks done from memory, <laughs> which I think which is get... a service we should offer. Audiobooks yeah. done from memory. It's uh, a lot cheaper than buying the audiobook. Yeah. And there's no like uh, copyright infringement because yeah. we're not reading the audiobook. We're just telling you what happened. Yeah. Um, but he said, I don't know. What, but my point is that I personally don't like it when it's too focused on plot description. I think that's what happens with certain types of books. Yeah. 
which is, you know, uh, the kind of point where it's like, I knew this, but you did a very good job. Uh, articulating it. Yeah, succinctly articulating it, yeah. Scott. So thank you for that. And thank that's you, why Scott. I was like, yeah. And we're kicking you off the Patreon. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> what do you think this is? Who the fuck do you think you are, Scott N? Uh, but yeah, I was like, you know what? Self-help books, it's the 1st of January. And not right now, but it nah. was. Like, let's see what the top self-help book is. It's Atomic Habits. It, th- it's, a, it's on Tom's bookshelf. It's he on my to bookshelf. I bought it last it December thinking I was going to figure everything out in 2022. Um, and yeah, here it is. Can I tell you my um, first thought about this? You can, but first I want to go off topic for a minute because yeah. were, we were talking about like uh, uh, audio books for memory. And this is something I was thinking about this week. You know how like uh, whenever you I don't know if, it's, if this is the case in other countries, but when you watch like a, a major league baseball or NBA game or NFL game, they're like. Uh, any description of this game or any accounts or description. Yeah. yeah. How the hell did they get away with that? Yeah, like you can't tell your uh, your friend what happened in the baseball game that <laughs> you saw I mean, on isn't TV. That like the First Amendment, like yeah. when you go to see a movie, they don't put up a thing like, "Oh, by the way, you can't tell anybody about yeah. what happened in this movie." Because how much more fun would it be if anytime there was a professional sports game on, it's like, oh, public domain. There's like a bunch of different uh, commentators you can listen to. That'd be you cool. You can just tune into different tracks. You know, uh, pe- I mean, ESPN is doing that with football, but they're paying for those rights. I'm saying, like, yeah, but what I'm saying is, they're no, no, they're doing like I, I know <laughs> they have a commentator, but on ESPN two, they uh-huh. have a different set of commentators. Okay, it's uh the Manning brothers sometimes, or in baseball, it was like uh, a Rod and somebody else was uh-huh. like doing it. So like, um, it's always like a little less formal. Right, um, but I'm I'm saying I want it to be like real loose. Bobcat Goldthwait and uh, I want uh, basically I just want me and you to be able to call baseball games live. <laughs> we don't know anything about the players. <laughs> it's we can it's a slow game. We can just Google it. We can yeah, print out some that's sheets what hear. with all the numbers and the names, and we're all set. I don't think they would stop us. Right, they could stop us. Yeah. But would they dare stop? <laughs> I, yeah, with the with the people behind us, yeah. would they dare piss off that many baseball fans? Um, hey, we should try it anyway. You've we'll- always talked about wanting to call a baseball game, <laughs> and I think it's really strange because I don't know the last time that you no, have I you don't- ever watched a complete baseball game. Uh, yeah, but I don't follow baseball and like, I'll put it on when the season's going on, like in the background sometimes, but then I'll be like, all right, now I'll turn it off. I like baseball, but not enough to like be engaged in <laughs> yeah, it. But you do want to call the game. Well, because that's a way for me to be engaged. That's a way yeah. for me to be part of it. You just want to be the center of attention. I don't want to be. Look, the players are going to be the center of attention. They're the so stars. They're the stars. But I'm going to tell you what I think about. Do you them. think you could name four current Major League <laughs> Baseball players? Don Mattingly. Yeah. Okay. You got it. Uh, got it in one. <laughs> Lenny Dykstra. Yeah. Daryl Strawberry uh-huh. and David Cohn. Cool. David Cohn. <laughs> Jeepers creepers. I mean, I guess Lenny Dykstra was also. Uh, all right. Oh, are they not doing well They're nowadays? Doing fine. Okay. Yeah. That's good to hear. <laughs> anyway, what was the first thing you thought when when uh, about Atomic Habits? Um, I think it's a bad title. Mm. Um, for the reasons that the publishers and James Clear, the author, probably think it's a good title. Talking about Atomic Habits, mm-hmm. and it's. Because he explains why it's from and, it's it's an atom is very tiny, mm-hmm. but powerful. But powerful. Um, and I always saw this book, and I was like, "Oh, this is like atomic bomb! Like this is how to like yeah, this is how to blow big. up your yeah, life and exactly. change everything." And to me, I'm not interested in that type of shit. Yeah. Um. So like. It, to me, a better it would be like tiny changes, big results, or something. But like, who mm-hmm. wants to? F- 
fucking read a book called that, right? Yeah. Honey, I Shrunk the Habits. Oh, there you go. Uh, as read by Rick Moranis. Great. They pulled him out of retirement for it. As written for by the- Rick Moranis. <laughs> James Clear, we love the book. Here's what we're gonna offer you. We're gonna have Rick Moranis rewrite it. And we're gonna call it Honey, I Shrunk the Habits. Remember when Rick Moranis uh he had disappeared? Yeah, and they got punched by that guy. Well, that was that was way recent. Yeah. But like halfway through him like leaving Hollywood, mm-hmm. um it was like Rick Moranis is back doing comedy. And it's like great. It's like He's released an album of songs <laughs> called My Mother's Brisket. <laughs> yeah. You remember this? And he just sang songs about like being Jewish. Yeah, like country songs about being Jewish. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember him being on, I think it was still like late night with Conan O'Brien. So like, I think it was probably like 2006 or something. Okay. Um, and they're like, tonight, Rick Moranis. I was like, oh shit, Rick Moranis is back. And he didn't even sit on the panel, I don't think. I think he just <laughs> oh, came he just out and sang a song, song just being like, I love my mother's brisket. We have it on Passover. It's like, what the hell uh, are we doing here? <laughs> I mean, that's the way to do it. What? Yeah, just, you know, be like, yeah, I know what people want out of me. I'm not going to give it to you. <laughs> yeah. I guess. I don't know. I mean, or not, you could just give it to them. I mean, I guess it's not the way to do it if uh, you like want to make a lot of money. and, yeah. and Or have, like make the people who like you happy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, people like Rick Moranis, who is just about everybody, they're going to keep liking him. I got the name of the the of the album right. That Yeah, that was a good pull. My Mother's Brisket and Other Love Songs. It must have been a good uh, performance then. It was. Um, 2013. Oh, I was wrong. Wow. Sorry, go on. Oh, what are we talking I, I, about? I don't think I was saying anything. <laughs> what else did you, you have to say just, about you Rick were, <laughs> You were just saying that the oh. the title's bad. Okay. Which you're which you're right. I mean, which we can start talking about the book because a, the big idea of this book is that you do not need to make massive change. Like he, he goes into a big thing in the beginning that if you make a one percent change every day, you get one percent better. Over a year, I think it's like you become 37 times better. Yeah. And that kind of shit. Like you know, the graphs in this book are like laughably like, I, I got it. I well, got it. yeah. What I thought was funny about that graph, uh, I, I'm, I'm leafing through to see if I can find it. But yeah, they're like, okay, 1% improvement. Here's what that looks like over a year. And it's a graph and it's got like a nice, like swooping upward arc. And they're like, but at the same time, 1% decline. Here's what it looks like. And it's like a, a shallow dive, but then it kind of evens out. And it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> at a certain point, you, you haven't hit bottom of the graph, but you've hit rock bottom. Yeah. But it's not the bottom of the graph, so maybe it's not that bad. You, mm-hmm. you never hit zero. Yeah, but I mean, compared to, I mean, that could do anything. It could even start going up, but compared to the 1% better. Yeah. It's a lot worse. I mean, it is good in the graph because he talks about, um, I forget what he calls it, but it's like the point where like in the beginning it's easy and you're seeing a little bit of results, but then you hit, it's like the valley of something. I forget what he calls it. Yeah, like discontent or something. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, there's going to be a point where you're not seeing much improvement anymore and you've got to push through that. And, and then you see even better improvement yeah. than you ever expected. Um, Which when you think about like working out, I mean, how many times like, you know, you're like, I'm going to start working out. And within like the first few weeks of consistently doing it, you're like, hey, look at this. Like, oh, I feel better. I look a little bit better. Like I'm doing so much better. I can run so much further than I could even two weeks ago. But then you hit a wall where it's like, okay. Now you need to keep doing what you were doing for like two months before you see, you see like uh, real. Yeah. But if you do that, then you're going to really see improvement and that carries through with everything. Right. If you want to believe James Clear. Which I do. Tom, can we take a step back mm-hmm. really quick? 
Um, where do you, you fall? You want to talk about calling baseball games again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I want to go back to what we were talking about <laughs> earlier. Um, uh, where do you fall on New Year's resolutions? Um, or the, um, the what people do in the new year where they like um, take January... January 1st or the new year as an opportunity to um, try to change things about themselves. I think it's, I think it's a net positive. I think it's a net good thing. If people want to improve themselves, I think the, the only bad thing about like January 1st and new year's resolutions, which I feel like is actually kind of changed maybe even since like we were kids is the idea of like, all right, January 1st, I'm going to, quit smoking i'm gonna quit drinking right. i'm gonna start running f- 10 miles every day i'm gonna start people get a little too crazy about it and then that's where they the, burn out yeah the idea of you know yeah on january 1st the gym's packed yeah and by uh january, january 31st 10, yeah. it's empty again because yeah. people went too hard yeah i get that i just think there's too much negativity like I see people, like people I know mm-hmm. and like, like we're like snarkily tweeting, like, "Oh, all you people with your New Year's resolution," yeah. and it's like a gif of like all Captain America being like, help. "Oh, you really think so?" And it's just like, you know what? What is this gif of Captain? I don't know. It's like, you saying, know, you know. Oh, you really think so? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's some shit like that. <laughs> but it's just like. Yeah, there are people who want to change things about themselves because they're unhappy with a part of their or life. Or even if they're happy, they just want a part of their life to improve. Yeah, and you're fucking snarking on yeah. them, you sad Captain America loving fuck. <laughs> well, look, loving Captain America is not bad. <laughs> but like, I just hate that. Like, yeah. Look, I get it. And like, you know why people do that on mm-hmm. January 1st? Because like... Fucking, it's an opportunity. Yeah, fucking life never stops. Yeah, and at some point you look back and go like, "Holy shit!" Like the year is half gone. Like you get mm-hmm. like, if you, it's an opportunity to consciously look at something and be like, "Okay, wait, hold on, let's see if I can make a change." And yeah, it people fail a lot at it, and like that should be unfortunate. You should be bummed about it. Yeah, that like, oh, these people want to improve their lives, and by and large, they're not. Yeah, Instead they, of being like, they went about it the wrong way. That's for you trying to improve yourself, <laughs> yeah. trying to be happier. I hope or you learned your lesson and yeah. you never try that again. Yeah, being the fucking shit spiral that yeah. I. Yeah, well, did you see this uh, with Equinox Gym no. on, on the first? They like put out a fucking, uh, you know, social media post, put it on blast that they're like January 1st, 2023, we are not allowing new signups because going to the gym is not a New Year's resolution, blah, 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 blah. And and ended with like January 2nd, we will be allowing new (laughs) signups. It's like, oh, so that's just. Horseshit. January first like, is a Sunday. <laughs> <It's> yeah, like, <laughs> and, but it's like, oh, we are closed. Our administrative offices are closed anyway. <laughs> but you're like trying to make a marketing thing. Yeah, the idea that like people start the year with the best of intentions and maybe don't know how to go about yeah. things and and fail and and we should you know fucking spit on those people. Yeah. Um, yeah, I hate those people. It's we like, should, oh, I we go should, to the gym and know the gym is crowded. It's like, all right. We should make the gym like even more hostile to new people. Like, so it's like, oh, if you were thinking about signing up on the first, fuck you. Come on the second and we'll laugh behind your back. <laughs> uh, Equinox. Nobody should be, if they're starting from scratch at mm-hmm. a gym, you shouldn't go to Equinox first. Well, what if you got a expensive. lot of money? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know what? If you're working out at e- Equinox and you're pissed about how uh, uh, crowded it is in January, mm-hmm. buy some of your own fucking equipment, you uh, you money bags. Yeah, get one of the, get get an eighteen wheeler like uh, Dwayne Johnson has. Yeah, an eighteen wheeler. Tim, it's called uh, uh, the Iron Something. Jim. <laughs> it might just truck be, the Iron Truck. It might just be called the Iron Truck. Uh, no, it has a cool name, 
But the Iron it, Truck is a cool name, but, Tom. But it's just like an 18-wheeler that has, uh, you know, it's got his whole gym in it, which seems ridiculous, but at the same time, it's like, well, I mean, he's The Rock. I get him being like, no, these are the machines I like. I'll br- I have more money than I can spend in 10 lifetimes. Yeah. Bring them with me. All right. Well, good for The Rock. Dwayne Johnson, Iron... Iron Paradise, Ooh, which is an even that's cooler, cooler name. than the Iron Truck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've you're like out of three years old, but <laughs> Tom, not to be this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son just really got into trucks. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's all he cares about trucks. And guess what? I don't know where he got it. I don't give a shit about trucks. <laughs> it's all kids. Yeah. Uh, like I, I have a four year old niece and when she was three, she was just like, I think she's still like, you know, if given the opportunity, uh, real into trucks. Yeah. I don't know. They're neat to watch. They are. I don't know that he's ever seen a real truck. I think he's just (laughs) into the toys and like pictures of them. I feel like you've told me that he's seen buses and been like real into them. Yeah, well, he's really big into the wheels on the bus. Yeah, well, they so go he's round like, and round. Uh, that's just like the thing from the freaking <laughs> song, and it's happening. They're going round and round. I'm watching it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he gets starstruck. <laughs> he does. Uh, he just goes, ah! It's like Beatlemania whenever uh, it sucks because we live right outside a bus stop, so it's yeah. uh, non-stop. Well, it doesn't suck for him. Um. Tom, mm-hmm. the introduction. Yeah. James Clear introduces himself, <laughs> tells his story. Oh, yeah. He's got like a crazy story. Uh, on the final day of my sophomore year of high school, I was hit in the face with a baseball bat. As my classmate took a full swing, the bat slipped out of his hands and came flying t- toward me, striking me directly between the eyes. So, like, this is a harrowing tale of like. Mm-hmm. Brain was bleed like yeah. Oh. He almost dies. He has to get like helicoptered to the hospital. Yeah. Um. <laughs> now, Tom, he loses. Uh, he goes into his recovery, mm-hmm. and honestly, like recounting this now, I don't remember what this has to do with the rest of the book. I think it's just <laughs> like a cool story. He has. Yeah, yeah. But uh, my sense of smell returned, but to everyone's surprise. Oh, okay. So, uh, he, he loses. Sm- uh, he, yeah. As a test. A nurse asked me to blow my nose and sniff an apple juice box to Mm. see if he has a sense of smell. Yeah. My sense of smell returned, but to everyone's surprise, the act of blowing my nose forced air through the fractures in my eye socket and pushed my left eye outward. Yeah. My eyeball bulged out of the socket, held precariously in place by the eyelid and the optic nerve attaching my eye to my brain. Why are you telling me this in a book about habits? Um, Whatever. Tim, his recovery. I read today. I haven't tried it out, but it, it's weird that I read about it today. That apparently, if you put a bright enough flashlight in your mouth, the light comes out of your eyes. Okay, Tom, <laughs> what are we doing here? <laughs> Why, you know, I'm telling you about something from real life. No, no. What I'm saying is, what are we doing here, doing this right now? Why <laughs> oh, are we not finding the brightest? Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know if I have a bright enough flashlight. I know, That's I know, but fear. like you should be looking on Amazon to see <laughs> to what's the one. brightest flashlight you can well, buy. I don't want it to be too bright. I don't want it to like cause some permanent damage. But imagine it shot out. Like, uh, I don't think it shoots out. Well, what if you got a really... I don't con- know what it looks like, though, so I don't know. We'll yeah. try it after the show. <laughs> I mean, you probably don't have the... Yeah, uh, but you I'll have put, a lot of flashlights. I'll put all stuff. the flashlights I have in my mouth. <laughs> okay. Um, I've been looking for a reason to do it anyway. He recovered. Mm-hmm. This is his final day of sophomore of college. Yeah. Of, of, of high school. Yes. Which, by the way, he's like, it's 2002. And it's like, ugh. This guy's <laughs> younger than me, and he has all these Like a habits. little bit younger. Um, <laughs> But his recovery takes, like, he's in the hospital for a couple months. Yeah. Doesn't that suck? Summer vacation? <sighs> yeah, awful. The your eyes time. bulging out, your brain's bleeding, they put you in a medically induced coma, yeah. and you're not even missing school because of it? Yeah, I bet. I think at that point he was probably happy to be alive, though. Yeah, you mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> What's the point of being alive if you can't enjoy summer vacation, though? <laughs> that, that's a good point. Um. So... Anyway, he's big into baseball. His dad played AAA or some yeah, shit. Yeah, and he he's he has aspirations to go pro. Yeah. 
When the season rolled around, I was the only junior to be cut from the varsity baseball team. I was sent down to play with the sophomores on junior varsity. Don't you think that's a... How fucking competitive was this high school that the kid that almost that, got killed at fucking baseball practice the year before... you cut him from the team yeah. because he has like cognitive issues the yeah. next year. Whoa, what the hell's going on here? Uh, what kind of coaches are just like, yep, shouldn't have uh, yeah, well, gotten should've. hit with that bat under my watch a few <laughs> months ago? <laughs> uh, anyway, he goes to college. This is his point. Mm-hmm. His story is he developed good habit. Like he was upset that he was not going to fulfill his potential. Yeah, as baseball player, um, and wanted to set himself up to fulfill his potential. So uh, he went to college. While my peers stayed up late and played video games, I built good sleep habits and went to bed early each night. Nerd. In a messy, in the messy world of a college dorm, I made a point to keep my room neat and tidy. Nerd. I'm sure this guy has at least quadruple the net worth that I have, and he's, <laughs> well, he's, he's young. He's had the number one New York Times bestselling book for like years now. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess this book came out years ago. Okay. Quintuple my net worth. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, I would not, uh, and and all of it was born out of this revelation that he had in college. Yeah, and I fucked around in college, or not. Well, maybe somebody should have smacked you in the face with a baseball bat no, beforehand. Here's the thing: you couldn't ask me to trade my college experience <laughs> with him, even with the, those outcomes. Yeah, like no, look college play video games and sleep late and uh be messy Mm -hmm. uh you don't have to do all that stuff in college you don't have to go to bed early you're paying tens of thousands of dollars yeah anyway uh then he has this like this makes me look it's risky right Mm -hmm. you start off this 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 book with an introduction about yourself and your story yeah and like a lot of it comes off as like Oh, and then I won this, and then this might sound like I'm boasting, but yeah, I'm not yeah. boasting. And it's like, well, you felt the need to tell me this before you tell me anything else. So, yeah. I, and then, uh, but I think it's like he's trying to set up, like, look, I'm not some like, you yeah, know, yeah, I'm practicing what I pre like. This is, this yeah, is, yeah. I, I wasn't just, you know, born into comfort. Like, I'm, I'm telling you about this yeah, bad I hand get, I got I dealt. Get, I get it. Um, but then this. Anything wise in these pages, you should credit to the many experts who preceded me. Anything foolish, assume it is my error. Like, all right. I oh, think, okay. I you think, gonna, hey, you're going to give the, the profits from the book to the experts that preceded you? <laughs> well, I think that that's what it, that like, he's taking so much stuff from other sources and he does seem to do a pretty good job. Yeah. Crediting those people, like even in uh, little footnotes. Yeah. Telling you, okay, th- this is yeah. where I got that. Which, honestly, at this point, is most good self help books. They're just kind of building on what's come before them. I feel like when a self help book like The Secret comes out and tells you, hey, ignore everything everybody else has told you. Here's a radical way right. to do. Everybody else got it wrong. Yeah. And this is When really different. it's like anything, uh, not anything, but most things, there's a ton of information and advice out there. The problem with our present day is how do you sort through all that? Yeah. And that's pretty much what self-help authors are nowadays. They're going, I read 50 books about this. And whittled it down to the best advice so you don't have to that, read. And I think the the hook of this book is like all you need is a subtle perspective shift. Yes. To make all of that other stuff, to like unlock the, yeah. the power of this stuff. That Like all of this stuff is right, mm-hmm. but uh, we're not pre uh, emotionally predisposed to be to, able to do to it. To take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Here's a, a way to take advantage of it. Yeah, right? this he, is the yeah here's some like practical need. advice. Yeah. Um, so he starts the first uh, chapter, the surprising part. Uh, 
Power of Atomic Habits, he talks about the British cycling team <laughs> and how they were so terrible. And they brought in a guy that, yeah. like, and they did all these things. And it wasn't like it wasn't a radical change. No, it's a, a bunch, bunch of, of little, little getting one percent better in a variety of, mm. and this is the opening anecdote of his book. <laughs> yeah, the thesis statement of his whole book. Mm. And then, uh, and and the British cycling team went on to become the greatest cycling team in history just by implementing these. Yeah. And then there's a footnote <laughs> that says, as this book was going to print, new information about the British cycling team has come out. You can see my thoughts uh, at atomichabits.com slash cycling. There was a doping scandal. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they were doping, yeah. Yeah, and I get it. But also, this book was written in 2017, and I just bought it I, yeah. uh, in 2023. Rewrite any that of part. the the I get it. It was going to print, and this came out. Um, it's the and if this was on page one hundred and sixty three, right? As, a, as but it's a, the opening chapter, the opening anecdote that is supposed to be emblematic of what, and it's like, and surely if this works, there are other examples you could find. Yeah, or just like, uh, why not just update it? Why not just to find another example? Yeah. In fairness, on the website, he does, he, you know, he explains, yeah, there was a doping scandal. It wasn't as egregious as a lot of the other, do especially in cycling doping scandals. It was like a little nuanced, but I think he does a good job in kind of wrapping it up with saying, like, look, uh, in re now knowing everything in retrospect, I'm not saying that like cleaning out their van every <laughs> night is, is, uh, definitely what led to this. This certainly had uh, a big part in it. Yeah. Um, so it was Im improving little things, 1% and then increasing your muscle mass 50% overnight. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and look again. I I actually I appreciate the candor in this book, and I mm. think um, I think the premise is so simple. Yeah, and he tries to make it sound a little bit more complex than it actually is because um, he has to fill out the book. Th that's what I kind of. But thought. also the the book's a it's a nice read so far and everything. But I do feel like it is one of those books so far where I'm like, all right, a little bit of like. Yeah, not not spinning your wheels, but really, and that's self help, right? That's so that's, that's the show. And the other thing is, I think there is benefit to repetition yeah. and drilling something down. I always me being like, I get the point. Next chapter, mm -hmm. but like when I for like this. When I force myself to read it so I can like uh, try to find anecdotes that are problematic or whatever. Yeah. It's like, oh, actually the reinforcement really helped. Yeah, I was um, going to say, I know that like, it, you know, if you go on Amazon and you search for this book, you're probably going to find like 10 other books that are like a summary of yeah. this. And there, there's some app I don't know. I, I, oh, I, forget I know what it's that called. app. Yeah. And like I hear podcast commercial, and maybe I'll hear a podcast commercial from us one day, and I'll and <laughs> and our personal endorsement um, will be genuine mm -hmm. and enthusiastic. Yeah. Tom, every sponsor we've ever had, every time we've recommended something, we've tried it ourselves and loved it. And pass it on, and uh, you can't prove otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's true about most. Like, no, we, it's not. Most we're things, behind the paywall, baby. No, at least for me. I mean, I'm an easy mark. <laughs> I like most <laughs> things. You send me something for free, and I'm inclined to like it. If LastPass, uh, yeah, advertise on uh, or wanted to advertise it, would you? Oh no, take I, it. No, I would. Oh, you would. Yeah. I wouldn't take it. They they fucked up. They exposed everybody's shit. And then I didn't know, but if you're it. stupid enough to uh, <laughs> to believe my endorsement when I'm getting paid All for right. it. Well, don't listen to Tim's endorsements. My endorsements. I'm very careful with what I say. If I say I genuinely like something in an ad, it, it is because uh, I like I just it. read whatever they tell me. I mean, but they don't tell us to read things that say, like, I like this. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they do, but I push back against those. Yeah. 
You go. I'll say I like it. Say whatever. Who cares? <laughs> um, but I know there's like some service that's like an app, and it and it's like what you learn what you know Fortune 500 CEOs learn, right? And you don't have time to read a whole book, so just listen to a 45 second snippet of this book. And yeah, that stuff doesn't stick. Everybody mm. knows they should get rid of their bad habits and increase their good habits. But you, but that's so much easier said than done. And I, I, I do agree with you that I think a lot of this book is the repetition, is giving examples. You're reading stuff and you're going, you know, in your subconscious, in the back of your mind, you're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. I agree. But in the back of your mind, you're going, yeah, but not for me. Or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eh, that doesn't work in my situation. Or, eh, yeah, in an ideal world, that is what I would do. But eh, I'm busy. I'm tired. I'm whatever. Too yeah. smart. Too smart. I'm too smart for everything. There is a book called, uh, I think, The Easy Way to Quit Smoking and yeah. by Alan Carr. Yeah, yeah. And there's another one, The Easy Way to Quit Drinking and mm-hmm. blah, blah. Um, and that's all it's repetition. And they're like, and he's like, oh, I encourage you to keep smoking, keep drinking as, as you read these books. Um, hell smoke the book. (laughs) Well, don't smoke the book. You got to read it. But like you go through chapter and you're like, okay, okay. And like, finally it's like, and we'll reveal the easy way to, to stop smoking at the end. And like, this is doing a disservice to anybody who wants to read this book to stop smoking. But like, they just drill the same shit over and over yeah. in your head. And they're just like, and, and then, then we'll by reveal. the time you're done, you're and then like, by the time they're like, okay, here's the easy way to stop smoking. Just fucking stop. Do you oh, even want it, it now? Uses the F word. Yeah. Wow. Um, cause it's cool. Um, <laughs> that's an old book. That the must plateau of latent potential. Tom yes. is what you were talking about earlier. Yes. Yeah. Um, when you start something and, uh, it's it's the disconnect between the um, results that you think you will see, yes. and then as soon as you get past that plateau, yeah, and I called it like the Valley of Sorrow or something. Yeah. Um, but this of, all makes sense. The Eye of Sorrow. Um, he also uh, learned the difference between systems and goals from Scott Adams, the cartoonist <laughs> behind the Dilbert comic. He's a certified genius. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I feel like there's a few things that uh, a second edition could take care of in this book. There's the other thing that I don't like about this book, which I, I under I don't think I'm really the target audience for mm-hmm. this book or the ta- target like personality yeah. uh, type of the audience. There's a lot of sporto shit in here, and it's just yeah. like winners and losers have the same goals. Yeah, so you got to be a winner, and it's just like I'm just not that competitive, and also like <laughs> you're also coming from a perspective that you think I want to be a professional athlete. <laughs> well, it's because what do you want to do? Yeah. I do think that they, he, when he's bringing up that example, it's in, in the terms of like, he's talking about goals, goals versus habits and systems. And yeah, goals versus systems. And he's basically saying like, look at the start of the season, every team's goal is to be the champion goals aren't worth shit right like and so many other people will say like oh it's all about setting goals and he talks about how goals have a survivor bias yeah that it's like yeah when you when somebody wins the championship they go like you know what i want to do this my whole life yeah we wanted it more and i just wanted it and you know i i put my nose down to the grindstone and just did it they always say i put my nose down (laughs) i put my head down i put my nose to the grindstone is what i meant to say what is the grindstone it's what you put your nose on if you want better results then forget about setting goals focus on your system instead you do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your system. So this makes sense. It's just like mm-hmm. the shit that you do makes uh, sense. Okay. Um, Tom, mm-hmm. chapter two. We, we're, got, we're getting through four chapters here. Yeah, I now I, understand why people say that when uh, you summarize a book, uh, they don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> you're jumping all over the place. I'm not. Well, you know. How fine. your habits shape your identity and vice versa. This basically is just saying, uh, if you want uh, to stick to your systems, you have to frame things so that your goals 
um, become your identity or, yeah. or yeah. Um, and the example he gives is, uh, if you're trying to quit smoking, mm-hmm. somebody offers you a cigarette, there's a difference between saying, no, I'm trying to quit. And no, I'm not a smoker. Yeah. And if you believe something and make it part of your identity, mm-hmm. it's going to be, um, you're going to see everything through that lens. And yeah. Would a non-smoker do this? No. And I am a non-smoker. Yeah, he gives an example of a friend that lost 100 pounds just by constantly asking themselves, like, what would a healthy person do? Yeah, would a healthy person do this? Yeah, would a healthy person, you know, order the blooming onion or would they order a salad? Right. And it sounds so simple, but when you think about it, it's like, oh, yeah, I guess that would dramatically change even if you didn't have like a great idea of what a healthy person like you didn't have to get like lost in the weeds of like well they would count how much protein versus their carbohydrates and where they are in the day it's like no they would just be like all right would i get a cheeseburger or would i order a salad i'd order a salad would i buy this candy bar or not buy this candy bar i wouldn't buy this candy bar um now this is where i start to be a little bit um, uh, squeamish, I mm-hmm. think, because Tom. Would it wasn't you... the part where he was explaining his eye popping out. Yeah, that was a little bit. Uh, uh, but I, I'm reluctant to be like, oh, okay, it's 2023, 20, and uh, I am a muscle man. <laughs> and what would a muscle man do? Like, he go I lift d- weights. I just want to kind of like get in a little bit better shape. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and I think that that's a core tenant of this book is that he's not saying like, yeah, go out and be like, what would an Olympic athlete do? And that will make you an Olympic athlete that in small changes, it's just, uh, adjustments in your outlook. There's a section of the book called the two step process to changing your identity, which I think is, uh, uh, dangerous. First off, fake your death. Yeah. What is it? It's uh, decide the type of person you want to be. Tom, I want to be taller. <laughs> Prove it to yourself with small wins. I want to be a tall guy, and I'm going to have a small win of... Uh, Wearing lifts. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I've achieved my goals in record time. No, but I mean, I feel like we know people that have like kind of done this, that they've kind of been like, all right, this is who I am now. And, you know, uh, I mean, I guess that's kind of like fake it till you make it. Yeah. You know, that's like, no, if that's like really what you, you know, of course you can't be like, you know, an accountant and then you're like, I'm going to be a pop star. And now I'm just going to change every, my whole personality. Like, now nah, you still you need could. talent. You still need hard work. You could if you if you had those other things. But if you are, I don't know, just so committed to that, I don't know. Like, I know of people that have been in, like, kind of dead-end jobs or dead-end. And they're like, what am I doing? This isn't what I want to be. Right. I want to be this. And I'm just going to fucking decide today i'm this now and maybe at first people are going to doubt me they're going to laugh at me but i'm going to keep at it and then uh eventually i'll i'll become that thing yeah um and i think that's that's good and it's it's again a perspective shift yeah um the next chapter how to build better habits and four simple steps starts out with um a long long anecdote about how cats learned how to escape a box um and it's like i get it but the point i don't think it was habits it was was just like it's like cats learned how to do something that's just a matter of learning something yeah yeah it was a weirdly bad example of like i get what you're going for but i feel like yeah there's a better way to explain what you're talking about um and basically breaks it down for every habit there's a cue Mm mm-hmm um, an external thing that that cues you to do it. A craving. A craving. I think is the next one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, want to do something. A response. What you mm-hmm. actually do and the reward, the result from it. And like he pretty much jacked that from somebody else, except he like it was a three step thing that he split one of the steps into two different things, mm-hmm. which is fine. And like, there's a number of different charts and graphs that just include the words 
cue craving response reward in different like permutations yeah, they, with arrows going from there, the first one to the fourth one. There are in this that don't really need to be charged. It's like, oh, okay, really padding out the, uh, all right. Um, but basically just saying, look, his whole thing is uh, a habit is a behavior that's been repeated enough times to become automatic. Yeah. And that's the thing, your brain will just be like, Hey, what do I do here? Yeah. And your brain wants to learn, oh, when this happens, this is what I do, and that takes the least amount of brain power and decision making. And he to gives do. some good uh examples like uh I think one of them is just like drinking coffee in the morning, which is something I'm sure you do. It's something I do every morning. How dare you? <laughs> you make a lot of assumptions about But the way it's I like my the cue is like you wake up and you know, if somebody's already made coffee, you smell the coffee, you see the coffee and then you're like, Oh, I want coffee. <laughs> then you have the coffee, you feel good. You get that reward and you go, ah, all right, tomorrow I'll do the same thing. Right. And you just don't really think about it. And your brain is like, okay, decision made. Next time this happens, we don't have to like go through the whole consciously make this decision yeah it's uh, we know you're gonna want coffee you're You're a coffee guy now you're you're just gonna go ahead and make coffee so there are four laws of behavior change Mm -hmm. based on this and that is uh number one make it obvious the Mm -hmm. cue yeah uh make it attractive Mm -hmm. which uh yeah, you gussy it up a little bit. Yeah. Make it easy. I put a bikini on my coffee maker. <laughs> Tom, that is the sexiest thing I've ever thought of. It's very, life. it yeah. caught on fire. <laughs> make it easy. Mm-hmm. Make it easy to, you know, like if it's a yeah. fucking slog to do it. And make it satisfying. So those become, I think, the uh, the next four sections of the book. Yes. So yeah. number one, the first law, make it obvious. And there's a number of chapters about that. So Chapter four is the man who didn't look right. Yeah. And like, I don't like when books do this, when it's like, here's a catastrophic health thing that happened. <laughs> yeah, here's something to worry or about. Or like earlier in the book when he was like doing, uh, like, oh, I think he was talking about like how results can take a long time to show themselves. Mm-hmm. But then once oh. once you start to see results, you'll rapidly see them like mm-hmm. quickly. And then he was just like, cancer goes undetected for 80% <laughs> yeah. of its life. And then it spreads throughout the whole body in 20% of the time in a matter of months. It's like, you didn't have to be yeah, like, he hey, look how, look at, and like, dark that, was examples. Supp- that was supposed to be an example of like how good results uh-huh. can take a while to show themselves. And yeah. then- you, like you don't have to bring cancer into the conversation, yeah. dude. Well, yeah, and and the the man who didn't look right is about uh, a woman who was like a paramedic and saw her father in law and just knew by looking at him, like we gotta get you to the hospital, something's wrong. Yeah, and it turned out like he was about to have a heart attack, and she didn't even consciously know that. It was just she had seen so many people like him, she knew something was wrong, even mm. if she couldn't put her finger on it. Um, which I feel like is more about like intuition than habits, but yeah. <laughs> it was in there. Well, she also like they also used the example of somebody during the Gulf War, mm-hmm. um, who could oh, who yeah. shouldn't have been able to tell the blips on the radar apart, but his intuition the same. This again, mm-hmm. I think a lot of the examples that he uses are not super relevant yeah makes me think that this guy like uh might have half-assed the book a little bit or like i don't know padded it a little bit but uh i think it's also the kind of thing where i think this book might have been like i think he had like a very popular blog apparently so i think they had a good idea that the book would be popular right but i don't think they realize it would be this popular and i think when it's like this popular they're kind of afraid to go back in and like change anything i mean why not second edition baby yeah yeah i mean add another chapter change that uh bad chapter about the british cycling Mm. team with somebody who wasn't doping (laughs) to to get better results um but uh, yeah, I just thought the habit stuff, it was kind of like, yeah, it is like somewhat related, but yeah, this feels a little like padding. Yeah. 
Um, so with enough practice, your brain will pick up on the cues that predict certain outcomes without consciously thinking about it. I think he's established that many times through the book already. Um, but the process, basically he's saying like, if you want to change it, you have to be aware of these things. So like yeah. you've, you have these habits already mm-hmm. and your brain is like, cool, these decisions, we have all the shortcut. If you want to change it, you have to knock your brain out of this and yeah. be like, this can't be automatic anymore. I have to be conscious of the fact that this is happening and change my response to it. Yeah. So he actually talks about the subways and the Japanese trains mm-hmm. where like they hit a point, point at and things. Call, yeah. yeah. Um, and then he like bragged about seeing a lady get saved. <laughs> I felt like that was bragged. a brag. Um, whatever. I think he was just trying to give an example that he saw like, yeah, it works. And then he wants you to do a, this is where I fall off on this. And I don't think anybody who's read this book has done this, any sane person, right? Okay, let's hear it. The habit scorecard, mm-hmm. where he's like, make a list of everything you do <laughs> all day, mm-hmm. and then um, everything will be a habit. But you have to, uh, once you have this list, mm-hmm. Um, right, either an equal if it's a neutral habit, oh, yeah. a plus if it's a good habit, and a minus if it's a bad habit. But it goes from like, wake up, turn off my alarm, check my phone, go to the bathroom, weigh myself, take a shower, brush my teeth, floss my teeth, put on deodorant, hang up towel to dry, get dressed, make a cup of tea. First of all, mm-hmm. my day every day is not like, is this guy, am I the maniac or is this guy the maniac? That like my day every day does not follow the same. I do this, 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 and this, and this, and this, and this. I don't think it necessarily has to be in that order. I don't shower every day. I make it a point to shower before I come here within twenty four hours of stepping foot. Wow! Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Don't think it it doesn't go unnoticed. Uh, I don't think he's necessarily saying like it has to be in that order. I think he's just saying like, look, probably every morning there are, you know, 10. But he's saying your whole fucking day. Yeah, but I think I think he's, again, giving a bad example because he's starting in the morning. And it's like, yeah, in the morning is probably when I have the most habits. Yeah. But then once I'm done, like once I've taken my shower and gotten dressed and I've already walked the dog and made coffee and brushed my teeth and all these other things. That's when it's like, all right, habits are done. Now what the fuck do I do? Right. Um, so I don't think it would be that much to actually write out. Would you do that? Would you write it out? I probably wouldn't, should we but do I it? should. You know what? We should do it. Because I was going to say- Should we follow this book to a T and see say, what happens? I was I think that that's the other thing. That I think you do have to follow the book. And there are so many things in the book where I realize that I'm like, you know, reading it, it's like, oh, yeah, I could see how that works, but I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And that is, the book has so many obvious things where it's like, the example he gives of like the call and point- where he's like, you should say things out loud that you want to change. Right. You should that's say, silly. tomorrow I'm going to go to the gym. Right. I don't think you necessarily have to say it to yourself. I think if you said it to your significant other or whatever, it's giving you that little bit of accountability of like, well, you know what? Yesterday I was gung ho and I was like, I don't need to tell anybody I'm going to do it. Right. But then maybe the next day you're like, eh. But, you know, maybe that little bit of like, I said I was going to do it. I should just go do it. Hey, do you want to commit to following this book? I I think we should. I think we should. Hey, let's uh, bury our ironic detachment from... Tom, even though we're old millennials, (laughs) we have Gen uh, Gen X attitudes. Yeah, we we were too close to Gen X, you know... They were the older kids that we looked up to. Yeah. And we and we got some bad like oh I some bad care intel about from anything. them. Yeah. We got some bad habits from them. Yeah. Fucking um, Gen X. But I'm interested in slackers. Where we actually start um I imagine there's gonna be a part coming up where we um articulate what habits we yeah. what good habits we want. And I think we should 
Let's should, see this. We should be serious about it. Yeah. You went from what maniac's ever done this to we should do this. Well, I still think it's mm-hmm. onerous and uh ridiculous. Yeah. But if it's part of the process, let's let's hey, give let's ourselves to the, the process. process. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's make up some systems. And this time next year, Tim, if we play our cards right, I think we may have an NBA championship on our hands. Tom, this has been uh, enlightening. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, patrons, thank you for being patrons. We love you very much. Hey, tell us about what habits you want to make or break. Yeah. tell. T- hey, have are you reading along? Uh, now it's your chance yeah. to start reading along. Um, it's a very quick read. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was, Tom, I bought this book last night. Tom, this is the thing. I was mm-hmm. reading another book, and I got... So close to the end. Yeah. And I was just like, I can finish. Last night, I was like, I can finish this book that mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying. Um, or I can read the beginning of, or do the required reading for books the podcast. I, I can tell you what happens at the end of that book. He gets the green eggs and ham. <laughs> But does he like them? Yeah, he likes it. Oh, because yeah. he didn't. He didn't seem like he, he wanted to try he would, it. But he did in the end. Um, no, it was white noise, Tom. Oh, okay, I, uh, yeah. Because I want to watch the movie tomorrow. <laughs> um, but also, I finished that book, and I was like, hey, let me start this at late. Yeah. I blasted through this in like twenty minutes. Those four chapters. Yeah, I uh, I started reading it yesterday. With the idea of like, oh, I'll read half what I have to yesterday and half today, and I just read it all yesterday. Yeah. It's a, it's a quick read. Yeah. Hey. Atomic Habits, five stars. <laughs> we don't have to read the rest of it. No, we'll we put up got a poll it. for we the got next the book. Gist. Yeah. Yeah. We're new men. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>